Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, out loud. We're looking at the last chapter of 1 Corinthians. So this is really interesting. We're, uh, we're closing out this book, and it can seem like, you know, one of these anticlimactic moments where you're like, you know, hey, we, we just read, you know, 1 Corinthians, you know, 15 with the resurrection and all of this, you know, juicy doctrine and teaching. And, and now it's like, okay, well, he's asking for money, right? Ah, oh, I knew it. Um, you know, or, or it's like, oh, well, it's just kind of like his travel plans and, uh, you know, where he intends to go and he's greetings to different people. So we can kind of like skip over chapters like this, but these are really interesting. This is what gets you this insight into what was going on in the world and what was going on in the church. It gives you this kind of snapshot on what was it like to be a church in this time and place. Um, and, and so I think actually all that theology stuff that we've been looking at continues on into this letter um, into some really uh, kind of like subtle ways, but it just shows like how all, all the stuff we've been talking about, it's about relationships. It's about real connections and real people. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this, and uh, but I am also looking forward to starting a new book of the Bible tomorrow. More on that later. Joining us today, though, we've got as our guest, we've got Pastor Gregory Alms, pastor at Redeemer Lutheran Church in, is it Catawba? Nope, nope, nope. No, no, it's, it's no. Not Catawba. I sent an update. No, uh, I'm like in St. Paul. No, I'm in St. Paul Lutheran Church and School in Canesville, Maryland. Got a call since the last time I was here, and um, oh, so it's a bit of an update, okay. a bit of news. Right. Sort of like Paul's chapter 16, little details, you know. <laughs> well, that's right. Right. That's right. Where where in the world is, is Paul or Pastor Pastor Alms? Like, we're always that's on the move, right. right? Yeah, <laughs> right. So up in the Baltimore area, uh, as I said, St. Paul Lutheran Church and School, Catonsville, Maryland. Been here about three weeks, so... Uh, Enjoying it, selling right. in, busy, uh, wonderful folks, and uh, glad to be back on the program as well. Hey, awesome! Very good. Well, I'm I'm glad yeah. to to hear about the the good news and you know just uh, everything going on uh, with how God is using you um, as His yes, servant yes. To, to bless His people, different places, and yeah, you know it's uh it, it's it's a challenging thing, and and uh, you know like I, I guess uh, sometimes people might say to themselves, you know, like oh what you know like uh, you know. People are, are, are calling pastors, and, and, and people are moving around. It's like, well, uh, the work of the Church never really stops. And, right. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. be, just because you've got, you know, like a, a pandemic on your hands doesn't mean that, you know, places stop needing pastors. And so, indeed, indeed. Uh, well, we, we could tell you a story, St. Paul and I, about uh, St. Paul Lutheran here, and the call being issued right before this whole pandemic went. It's been a long process, but like oh, wow. you said, uh, God is still at work, and— um, through all of this, and 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 uh, now uh, here. So, anyway, that's not what this radio program is about. But but you know, <laughs> no, no. God but I like I liked your connection. Together. Right. That's right. That's right. I like liked your connection though. That you know, just just like how you know we have these these lives with everything going on and changes in different places and all of our different connections. Uh, so too, you've got you've got this going on, and I think it's important for the Corinthians. So I, I think this isn't really just passing stuff. I think that Paul's really deliberately putting this stuff at the end because as much as the Corinthians, as we've been seeing, have wanted to distinguish themselves and say, oh, well, we're, we're kind of like, you know, the real Christians, or we have like, you know, the real theology or like the real doctrine or something like that, right? Um, and he's, he's been making these comments kind of throughout the letter, you know, hey, 
There's the whole Church of God. There's the Church of God in, in all places. So I, I think it's actually pretty important for Paul that he's bringing all this stuff up at the end to say, hey, guys, zoom out. Remember, this is all about a bigger picture. It's not just about you and your particular congregation, your corner of the world. It's, it's about the whole Church of God. That's right. That's right. And you're exactly right. Yeah, he does connect the Corinthians right to the entire church and uh, also, you know, these kind of details that we go through in chapter 16, these kind of everyday concrete details. That's also, you know, part of the latter too that the Corinthians kind of wanted to be these, you know, spiritual sort of people and fly above everything, but uh, you know, the Christian life is lived out day-to-day, real people, real situations, and, uh, you know, sort of the physical, concrete lives we live, and and that's what this chapter is about, too. So I do think you're absolutely right. I mean, it fits in, and it ends up being, even though, you know, we're tempted to skip it, uh, it it ends up being part and parcel of the whole of the whole message, the whole letter. Yeah, I, I think so, and it'll be good to get into some of those details and make those connections. Uh, without any further ado, though, let's go ahead and turn to the text as we do so. Brother, would you open us up with a prayer? Sure. Uh, let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, uh, the same Holy Spirit that inspired uh, these words to be written also uh, dwells within us through our baptism, and we pray that that Holy Spirit might guide us as we uh, study your word, uh, Heavenly Father, as we uh, seek to know and to grow in our faith. Uh, We pray that you bless our time, bless our study of your word. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, so here we got First Corinthians chapter sixteen. Um, anything else that that you want to remind us of, or or just kind of call up before we give this a read through? Uh, I don't know, maybe I think there are a few different threads that have been, like I was saying, throughout the letter that get picked up again as he's tying everything together here in the conclusion. Sure. I mean, I think you know, I mean, just as you look at it, if you're looking at it in your Bible or whatever, I mean, there is this collection for the saints, there's uh, travel plans, you know, um, some final instructions that he gives and mentions people in the congregation, and then the greetings at the end. I think, you know, I mean, you could could say a, a lot of different things, but, I, you know, one thing I think that runs through this chapter is, though it's not stated except maybe in one or two places, is this concept of love, which is also throughout the letter. I mean, in each of these sections, um, you know, Paul is is ending up talking about love for the neighbor, love for the other, um, whether it's other congregations and other uh, people who are in need in other congregations or um, just in his um, in his uh, in his imperatives and his exhortations and greetings, um, this idea of love and that the Christian life isn't this inward sort of experience that we have spiritually, but that the Christian life is is lived out in service to other people in real physical. As chapter 15 was about the resurrection, uh, the body, uh, and that sort of concrete things. It, it runs through. It's sometimes a little hard to see, but I think that runs through chapter 16. Yeah, no, I, cer- I certainly agree, and just like what you were saying, especially about about the theme of love, um, I, I think that love really gets picked up in First Corinthians chapter sixteen. The, the the theme of love and the theme of the body, um, uh, yeah, and, and like I think you're saying, it's a, I think it's kind of deliberately not 
uh, super explicit. But I, I mean, I like even like the mention we're going to see like Apollos comes up again, right? And he kind of hasn't been brought right. up by name since like the very beginning. But it's it's all uh, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. But let, let's just go ahead then and yes. give this a read through. So here's here's First Corinthians chapter sixteen. Then from the top. Now. Concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up, as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should also go, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I'll stay with you or even spend the winter, so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work is open to me, that, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now, concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now, I urge you, brothers... You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to such as these, and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus, because they have made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. The churches of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Prisca, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. So just neat for a, a lot of reasons. It's uh, it's nice. Uh, one one of the things you know, like at the end, right? Even even though we we sometimes in our readings can kind of skip over these sorts of chapters, you, you just see how the way that Paul uh, starts out the letters and concludes these letters, this ends up in the, our church language all the time, right? Like this stuff with this, uh, you know, our Lord come the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with you always. I mean, all that sorts of language that we use in church all the time. It's just, it's the stuff from the ends of, of Paul's letters. So it's, it's cool to see how that um, actually gets picked right. up kind of a lot. But uh, I, I just like a lot of these little details about, you know, he, he talks about, you know, Apollos or, or Stephanus. And, and, and I think when he talks about all these people, um, I, I think these names are carrying a lot of weight with the Corinthians. And so even though for us, we're just sort of like, who is that? I think it's a really big deal every time he drops one of these names. I don't think any of them are just throwaways. Sure. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I think, you know, you know, you've been, you've been going through this, this whole book. And so we realized that, you know, there was a lot of dissension, a lot of factions, a lot of, uh, 
you know, infighting and division. And so dropping these names, you know, is, of course, not an accident for Paul. And and uh, as you said, Apollos wasn't mentioned since the very beginning where he talks about the factions and some say I belong to Apollos or I belong to Peter and so forth. So, you know, Paul is not doing anything, you know, by accident here. And, and, and those names would uh, carry a lot of weight, as you said, with the, the Corinthians. And it also... You know, it strikes me as we, as you just as you read this letter, and it is as we've said now a couple of times, one of those chapters maybe that we would skip. That you know, it's it's very interesting how the the scriptures, you know, these epistles and so forth, are filled with such mundane sort of details. You know, what Paul's travel plans are, and you know, that doesn't. What does that have to do with me now? Or you know, you read the book of Genesis and. Uh, you know, all the different ins and outs of Abraham and Lot and uh, all the rest. And it kind of shows us that, you know, the scriptures aren't some sort of mythological book or, you know, not some sort of made-up stories that people would write in some, you know, some sort of fantastic way. This is, you know, St. Paul was a real a real person. Corinth was a real congregation. And, and the Holy Spirit led Paul to, to write this both, for our benefit and for the benefit of the, uh, as God's word to the Corinthians at that time. But, you know, to hear all of these kind of um, details and so forth just reminds us that, you know, the church lives in the world. Uh, the word of God comes to us in the midst of the ups and downs of daily life. And, you know, I think it's it's really encouraging to, to hear this kind of thing and to, to hear, to see insights into Paul's mind and, and how things are going in the church then because, Kind of goes the same way these days too. Yeah, I I, I agree. It, it is nice to, in some ways, kind of see that. Hey, look, you know, Paul and the, and the church in Corinth. I mean, it, they were they were just, in some ways, you know, ordinary people, right? <laughs> like with you know mm-hmm. ordinary lives. Um, you know, sometimes we we have that. I don't know why. Like my imagination does this, where I just you just kind of imagine. I don't know, like everything in these um, apostolic times is just kind of like you know, shining with gold or something like that, right, you know, like, right. it's like you were saying, like, we just kind of turn it into some kind of like, wow, everything back then was perfect. And just, you know, like everything had this Holy spirit glow, um, to the point where it's just like, we, we kind of fail to kind of imagine how it could be real life, but yeah, it, yeah. it is, it is nice for this. And I, I think I was, I was reminded too, when you were talking about how, uh, Luther sometimes, I, I think he said in one of his commentaries that, he kind of likes seeing um, Old Testament stories where where people fail and they mess up, right? Because it's like, yeah. oh wait, they're human too, right? And so, it, so it's actually very nice exactly. um, to, yeah, to see right. that sort of stuff. Uh, but but I think that too, some of the details themselves are are pretty instructive. If we go back up to the top here, so uh, you know, he brings up this this collection for the saints, as he puts it. Um, this is just really interesting. Like, I think there's a number of things in, in, in how he talks about this. Um, first of all, right, he says, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. And, and he's, he's kind of made this move um, a few times where he, he kind of is emphasizing like, hey, look, guys, you are, you are just one of the churches. You should be doing what all the churches are doing and not kind of your own thing. Like back in 1 Corinthians 7, um, you know, he said, this is my rule in all the churches when he was talking mm-hmm. about, um, you, you know, like the, wh- whether you should continue on as, as married or engaged or whatever else. Um, in first Corinthians 11, 
uh, you know, he said, you know, we have no such practice when he's talking about um, being inclined to be contentious. And he says, nor do the churches of God. Um, as in all the churches of God, all the churches of the saints, he says, in 1 Corinthians 14. So he's kind of been doing this actually a number of times where he's just trying to say, hey, guys, uh, you, you don't want to be proud of being the only church that does it that way. You want to, let's all get on the same page and, and, and walk together. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly so. And um, that's right. And I think that's a great point. As, as he says, you know, as he directed the churches in Galatia, you are to do too. And so, you know, and it's not just, I mean, it is sort of get with the program, right? But it's also, you know, Corinthians, <laughs> you know, you're not so high and mighty and you're not, you know, the Corinthians, you know, as I'm sure you've talked about going through the the book, you know, I mean, you know, you're you have this kind of self-inflated idea, or at least some of you do, about, you know, we speak in tongues, you know, we do all of these quarter special things, but, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you're not all that special in that regard, and, and, you know, you need to love your neighbor, you need to take, you know, show this, I think he says somewhere in one of the other epistles, I don't remember if it's Second Corinthians or Galatians, you know, you know, prove your love is genuine, and you do that, uh, you know, by by taking care of other Christians, even if they're in in other places. So yeah, get with the program. Yeah. You know, uh, in, in that sense as well. Absolutely. Yeah, w- which is which is so different, I think, from today or in our kind of consumer hyper consumeristic spirit, right? Where we we are tempted, I think, very often to be like, "Hey, we're the only church that does it like this." Like, "Hey, come to our right. church uh, because you know." Oh, it's only in our church that we do this, right? All the other churches, you know, they, you know, they do that and they do that. I mean, like, it, it's just, it, it's the kind of the opposite of that kind of competitive market-based, um, yeah, kind of like selling yourself sort of thing, right? Because I think we're just kind of conditioned mm-hmm. by our consumeristic culture that you know we our church is sort of a, a business that's kind of competing with other church businesses and, and we're all competing and so let, let me hand you our brochure or show you our flashy website and how we're better than the other churches and why you should you know spend your money at our church instead of yeah. their church and, and, and we want to try to distinguish ourselves and it's just that's in many ways it's the opposite of the spirit that that paul has here he's just saying like guys it's it's not about you trying to distinguish yourselves and, and make yourself seem important and impressive to people. We, we should be in lockstep. And if you guys are doing well and uh, prospering, as he puts it there in verse, where was it? In, in the latter part of verse two, um, that just means that that's more money that you can give to the other saints right. who aren't doing so well. Like it, it's not about like competing right. with each other. It, it's about, um, hey, oh, hey, we we got more. So here, it just goes to you. It's just it's just competition's just not yeah. even on the radar for Paul. That's right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, you know, all of the churches are, you know, Paul is uh, exhorting and encouraging and and telling all of the churches that he is involved with to do this thing together. And it's instead of competition, it's uh, it's an instrument of unity where. You know, you had these factions in Corinth, and there were factions in the larger church, Gentile versus Jews, and, you know, uh, those sorts of things. And here he's saying, look, you know, he, he says it in, and when he mentions it in some of the others, you know, uh, similar passages in some of the other places in the New Testament where, you know, the Jews 
you know, gave you Gentile salvation. You know, salvation came from the Jews from the Old Testament. Now, yeah. Yeah. in Jerusalem, it's it's mainly the Jewish faction that seems to be suffering. And so now, you Gentiles, we're gonna we're gonna take care of them because we're all one church. We're, you know, yeah. we are uh, gonna take care of one another, and we're all gonna do this together. And becomes a an instrument of unity, so that we're not competing with one another. Exactly, we are uniting together to to take care of one another no matter who we are where we are or where we've come from yeah and, and as you were speaking I, I think that that point's well made it reminds me a lot of uh, romans 11 that we've been reading through in the lectionary the last couple of weeks uh where where he says you know do <laughs> do not be arrogant uh toward toward the branches he says right um right. You know, we're, we're grafted in um in, into this nourishing root of the olive tree right like, you know, hey, if you are a member, uh, it's not you who support the root, but the root that supports you, right? And, and, and so he, he makes that same argument, like, hey, guys, have some humility. As you were saying, like, the gospel came through Jerusalem first, um, and then it made its way to right. you, and let's, let's, let's have some acknowledgement there. Uh, I, think, I think that complements what he said also, uh, you know, w- way back in, uh, my goodness, where was that? It was earlier on in the in the letter where he was saying, you know, why, why do you act like, you know, like you've had this all along, like you, uh, you didn't receive it. Right. Like, did, didn't you get mm-hmm. it from somewhere else? Um, you know, I mean, I mean, and that same kind of thing or, you know, elsewhere he said, yeah, it was back in chapter four. What do you have that you did not receive? Right. Which, which you could kind of say now, like from Jerusalem ultimately, right. Like yeah. from the apostles and right. from, from the church that was there um, or, or elsewhere where he says, you know, like, or do you think that, you know, you're, you're the only one that the gospel has reached or that you guys invented the right. gospel? I think, I think he pretty much says that, and uh, it was one of these later chapters. So, yeah, I think kind of there it's interesting because it kind of—I think you're right. It does kind of implicitly um, show that he was sort of indirectly referencing Jerusalem. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, I think this— um, this uh, winding up in chapter 16 and bringing up the collection for the saints is, you know, uh, part of the this theme in Corinthians where, you know, in 15 and in all through there, you know, this hyper-spiritualism that the Corinthians have and they want to express their faith in their Christianity and, you know, whether it's ecstatic experiences or speaking in tongues or saying, you know, that you know, they're above marriage or or they have these other things, you know, and he's saying, you know, no, you express your Christianity and your faith in serving one another, both within your congregation and also in the greater thing. And so you have, you know, this very mundane sort of, you know, collect up money, put it aside, you know, we're going to take it and it's going to be to help, you know, these people who are enduring famine, perhaps persecution in Jerusalem. And, And so it ends up, you know, in Again, as we said before, in these mundane details, this is this is the spiritual life, you know. This is Christian mm-hmm. life being lived out. Well, and I think, too, that it's, uh, like you were saying, it's in these details that we make connections to our own situations because, well, you know, we think to ourselves, like, well, I mean, this kind of reverence to the Mother Church in Jerusalem, right? Like, how does that, how does that deal with, with us, you know, like in, in America, the Church in America? Well— I mean, I think it does a lot because, I mean, we we talk like this, especially today, we, we have some of our largest churches in the country are churches that are, you know, so-called independent churches, right, mm-hmm. or non-denominational churches. And we act like, well, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, like we didn't receive this from anyone, right? Oh, no, we don't belong right. to any tradition. 
Oh, really? <laughs> um, right. Well, right. <laughs> anyway, let's hold, let's hold that thought. It's time for our break, but I want to talk a little bit more about this. Everybody, hang on. We're looking at First Corinthians 16, last chapter here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. Thursday on Issues Etc., we'll study the hymn, O Blessed the House, with Pastor Sean Denzer, Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. In 1924, by the grace of God, KFUO began broadcasting the good news of Christ for you, a long part of this history is bringing you worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His words. This Sunday morning, join us for services from Blessed Savior Lutheran Church at 8 a.m. and Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fenton at 10.30, as well as Bible study from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere at 9.30. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO. One of the clearest messages of the Bible is that some things will not be clear to human beings. But the Bible is also clear that God is more trustworthy than our imperfect knowledge. On the next Sing for Joy, you will hear music that trusts without claiming to know everything. Join us. Sundays at noon on KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, last chapter of this letter, uh, just seeing how there, there's just so many practical connections here, and just don't skip over these details. And we're talking about this last one here, how, you know, the, these first four verses are kind of like, you know, honor the the Mother Church, honor like where your uh, existence came from as a church, and like, well, um, we tend to act in, in, in the United States like we just kind of invented it all ourselves or like, you know, we went to the Bible and we figured out everything all by ourselves. But no, if you're if you're an actual Christian church, uh, you're in a tradition, a stream of tradition, and that's uh, pretty important. I, I think we'll spend a little bit of time on this thought here. We're joined today by our guest, Pastor Gregory Alms. Uh, now, you said in Canesville, Maryland, at, you said St. Paul's, is it? St. Paul. That's right. St. Paul Lutheran Church and School. Catonsville, Maryland, just outside of Baltimore. Oh, That's right. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, of course, uh, very excellent name uh, to, <laughs> for, yeah. for looking at First <laughs> right, Corinthians right. today. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. An, it's a name I'm, I'm fond of as well, being a pastor at a, a St. Paul's out here in South Orange County. There's a few LCMS churches with the name St. Paul yeah. or St. Paul's. Uh, just it's, one it, or two, <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. a couple here yeah. and there, yeah. I'm always right. surprised when right. I hear another one, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> it's like Paul was important to Luther or something like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's right. Yeah. Um, if anyone listening live has a has a good Luther quote or um, a good question or comment here for us here, give us a call. Join the conversation, 1-800-730-2727. Or if you're in St. Louis, you can call 314-821-0850. You can also send any questions or comments via email, kfuo at kfuo.org. Or you can hop on the live stream as we got one question or a couple questions really that just did come in on the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. Also want to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org is their website. Thank you guys for underwriting thy strong word. Um, so uh, before we turn to those questions that came in over Facebook, yeah, we were just kind of uh, talking about this before the break. You know, Paul's been very clear throughout the letter. Hey, guys, you think you're so special, but uh, don't don't be like that. <laughs> like you, you got it from somewhere. If you're if you're a legitimate Christian group, you know, and this was like the, the thing that he got at in First Corinthians chapter 15. Right. Um, the gospel I preach to you, which you received. Right. You know, a.k.a., you know, which you got from somebody else. Right. Um, and, he, and he goes and he gives what looks very much like a creed. And so. Um, it's interesting because, you know, um, well, it was just like, like uh, the other, it's like, like a month ago or something. I was like briefly just chatting with my neighbors and they were like, you know, so what, you know, Lutherans, huh? Like, so what's, what's about that? You know, this is Lutheran thing. And I'm not faulting them at all. Cause you know, it's just in our context, you're, you're just sort of like, you know, what, what is, you know, what is that? Um, right. it's like, we really talk about this stuff in school, um, very much, you know, I think that Reformation, it seems like just gets covered over like. You know, so quickly, it's like something about the printing press, right? But but I, I think right. that the big idea, though, is that all of the churches in America, whether you're an independent free church or a non-denominational church, I mean, we're all getting the stuff from somewhere. No one's reading the Bible with a totally blank slate. We're all finding ourselves in different traditions, and in fact, all of those independent and non-denominational churches, they come from certain Christian traditions, Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and and even the you know, it always kind of streaks me as a non sequitur, non denominational. I mean, you know, you may be your own denomination, but I mean, a denomination is a set of beliefs and practices. Your your denomination, and you're right. No, none of yeah. us. We have this idea. You know, I think it's a very uniquely American idea that we just kind of spring up. You know, in this generation and. Uh, yeah. This new sort of people, and uh, never, and uh, we don't think of our connection to the past. And um, you're exactly right. And you know, and you, know, you were saying before, Paul. You know, in 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 chapter 11, when he talks about the Lord's Supper, he says, "I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you." So it's not like Paul's making it up either. I mean, he nope. receives the gospel from the Lord, which, you know, quite possibly the Lord gave him that directly, but he could also mean that the Lord you know, delivered that to him through the apostles, right? I mean, through through the preaching of the gospel, so that, and then, you know, we would trace that back to Jerusalem. So, you know, it's, you know, we cut ourselves off from so much uh, wisdom and so much gospel goodness when we pretend that we just kind of uh, sprung up, you know, overnight all by ourselves, and right. we just kind of impoverish ourselves, I think, when we when we do that as Christians. Well, and, and I think we do it, and and I think a lot of people would say, well, you know, of, of course we don't we don't disrespect, you know, um, the traditions and and you know people like you know, the Christians around the world, but, but they might say, you know, but you know we, we have a, a lot going on here in our own place, and you know we're we're, we're we have our own set of problems, and 
you know, like, you know, we'll, we'll let some of the wealthier churches, you know, give to all that, the foreign missions and stuff like that, or, or, or to the synod or to the district, or, you know, and, and so I think that we, through our actions, end up doing the same thing. But it's very striking to me the way that, that Paul just lays it out here. He's like, guys, all the churches do this uh, on the first day of every week, you put something aside. Um, and it's interesting because I, I don't think that's because everyone gets paid on the first day of the week uh, in Corinth. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah. yeah, I know, direct deposit. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, they, they've, that's been around for a long time. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's because they worship on the first day of the week. I mean, they get together at other times, right. but I think this is testifying to the fact that, like, from the very beginning, the church got together on Sundays. And so it was like, well, it's very natural. So when you all get together— do the gathering there. I mean, that, that makes sense. Right. Put this stuff aside for the rest of the church. Um, it, it's something that, that we should be doing to this day. You know, when we, when we do the offering, this isn't like some kind of, uh, you know, like, oh, they asked for money, you know, I knew it. Um, no, I mean, again, it, it, because we're not just about our little congregation as, a, as our own kind of island of Christianity, um, when, when we give, um, I, I think it's an acknowledgement of, hey, look, we got this from somebody else. It's from the Lord Jesus. It's a part of this broader tradition, the body of Christ. I, I think that having the offering on Sunday and making sure that part of that offering is going um, back uh, to, to the tradition that, that that we got this from and also paying it forward um, to the places that need to hear the gospel, I, I mean, that, that's where you're putting your money where your mouth is. I mean, it's a matter of, right. of what you believe. Absolutely. Right. And just in the as you say, sort of in the nuts and the bolts of gather an offering, you know, get together on Sunday, yeah. gather an offering and use it. Part of that's going to go out uh, to to help other Christians and to spread the gospel and to assist people in, in other parts of the world. Well, that's all right here. First Corinthians 16, church has been doing that It's for, for forever, ever since there was a church. Exactly right. Right. Um. Well, let's go ahead and and go on to a really, I think, significant name here. I'm kind of just skipping on down a little bit here. So he talks about you know this this uh, this plan here. He he wants to stay with them. I think it's important that he says this because it seems like he's developed this relationship with them, and I don't think he wants to give them the impression that he's neglecting them. And so he's like, okay, like I, I really want to see you guys, but. You know, I think that's kind of what he says in verse seven. It's like, if I came right now, I could only stay for a little bit of time. Um, I, when I stay with you, I want to stay with you for like a, a good chunk of time. So it's it's going to be a little bit, right? Um, and, and so he kind of gives that little bit of an explanation. But then he turns to this, well, this really significant name we've seen, Apollos. Um, I, I think even though it's this one verse, even though it's just verse 12, I think it's really significant that he talks about Apollos. What what comes to mind for you? What are, what are you thinking is behind this move? Well, I mean, uh, you know, just background a little bit. Apollos uh, is, um, you know, according to the Book of Acts, sort of originally from Corinth. Uh, you know, he helped found the church. We hear about him in the beginning of the, of the, of the letter uh, that there were some— um, uh, people that were attached to Apollos and to Peter and so forth, and um, you know he is. Uh, uh, he says here, uh, Paul says that he uh, urged him uh, to, to visit, uh, and he, but uh, it, it, it wasn't. Uh, Apollos apparently didn't want to come now, and, and he's going to come when he has opportunity. So, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting. I'd like to hear what you have to, to think about Apollos and the connections that it makes. Yeah. I mean, 
Well, I think I think there's a lot going on. Um, you know, in in Greek, you know, he's called Brother Apollos, which is interesting because I think that's the exact same way he introduced um, St- Stephanus at the at the beginning uh-huh. here, or, or or not Stephanus. Um, Stephanus is coming up. Uh, Sosthenes, who apparently yeah. from chapter sixteen we actually learn is the one who put pen to paper for most of the letter. Um, since right. uh, Paul actually says like, "Hey, this sentence is like my own hand," he wouldn't have said that unless. Right. Sosthenes was writing most of it, but we'll, I mean, we can talk about that more in a second. But so it's interesting that he calls him brother, brother Apollos, and the way that he talks about him, I think, is a very personal way, where he's like, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I really said, hey, you had to, you had to go back to Corinth, you know, you had to, you had to be with the brothers, um, but you know, he just really couldn't come." I, I think when it says, you know, but it was not at all his will to come. Now, I don't think that's meant to be like disparaging at all, like, like you know, oh, but he didn't really want to see you guys. Like, no, I, I think it's like. Um, it, it's sort of like personal, like you saying, like it really wasn't a good time for him. Um, mm-hmm. wh- which I think is, is a way of just saying, like, hey, look, guys. I mean, kind of, kind of on a, on a little subtle level, look how tight me and Apollos are, right? Like, like mm-hmm. when we talk to each other about like our travel plans, I give him advice. I kind of know about his personal, you know, situation and what's going on. And I won't get into all those details, but I mean, like, I, I just think the way he talks about it. It's like there's no division between me and Apollos, right? right? Like, right, like, like, yeah. I, I, like I've, I've spent this letter correcting some of the problems um, that you guys had in the wake of Apollos being with you. I, I think the way that he wrote it was, was very much like Apollos showed up and you guys kind of took what he said and just ran with it. So in some right. ways it could feel like he was opposing Apollos or correcting him. But this is really significant because it shows there's no division between them. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. That's an excellent point. And uh, uh, demonstrating um, in actual life of the church what he what he had asserted at the beginning that you know Apollos watered or planted, Paul watered. There was no there's no air between them. There's no space between them. They are um, they're together. And and that the beginning where Apollos name was sort of associated with these divisions, uh, at least tangentially. Yep. I belong to Apollos. Here he's saying, yep. you know, Apollos belongs to me. We're, we're together. There's no, you can't uh, drive a wedge between us and and somehow, uh, you know, divide us. It's it's not going to work. Right. I think you're right. That's a great point. Uh, and, and I like how, you know, the way he does it, like you were saying, you know, like, hey, there, there's no wedge. You can't, you can't divide us. I mean, it just shows how we can be on the same page. We can call each other brother, and we can still, um, you know, correct each other, or, or yes. you know, call each other out and and, and help bring each other to a pre- uh, repentance. You know, in love, um, not not in a like. Let me just you know denounce you on 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 Twitter, like and you know just embarrass you, left, right. you know, like like we do these days. But that you know, hey, like we we can we can you know. Uh, kind of nudge each other and say, "Hey, now, you, you know, like I, I, I don't know, that might be going a little too far." Like, you know, having love and be, having unity uh, doesn't mean like you you never challenge somebody. And, and so, right. I, I think this just speaks to to a, to a lot here. And uh, some of the questions that came in uh, were about Apollos. Like, you know, so why why does Paul want Apollos uh, to come visit, especially if he's kind of ascertained that that Apollos was maybe behind some of the excesses there in Corinth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and then and another question that came in was, you know, so what do you, what do you think that Paul talked to Apollos about <laughs> after <laughs> everything that happened? And, and, and I think these are great questions that came in um, over email and over Facebook. And, and I think what it points to is that he found out about what's going on, and then he talked to Apollos about it. And, and, and he right. said, "Hey, what what did you say to them? <laughs> like, yeah, do, right, do you right. did you know that they were going to do this and that? I mean, like, I I think that what this shows is that he talked to Apollos first before he wrote this letter, which which I think is gigantic for us because I feel like today we would just write the letter, we'd just be right. like, I heard what Apollos said, and I'm going to tell you why he's wrong. Like, no, like get on the same page with Apollos. Like, make sure that you're good." Make sure that you you know you love each other. That there's forgiveness, reconciliation mm-hmm. as brothers, and then you go and you write your letter to Corinth. I, I think this is just right. so uh, this is so teaching in the way it it presents an example. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, and it shows that you know, like you said, I mean, Paul and Apollos, uh, you know, have talked, worked things out, whatever, and. And, you know, Paul's completely confident in that he wanted Apollos to come, and, and he was confident in what his message would be. And and he's, uh, you know, even if—and even now, if they have uh, disagreements, so to speak, I mean, that Apollos, you know, doesn't want to come, you know, that's not the end of the world. It's not that, you know, I mean, he will come when he has opportunity. It's the same when yeah. Paul is saying, you know— Paul had desires and, and wishes to, to do certain things, you know, in that prior paragraph. But, you know, I mean, the Lord is directing things, and Paul is flexible enough to say, you know, he's got to stay in Ephesus for a while, and, uh, you know, he's going to do what what's best for the gospel. It's not, you know, yeah. my way or the highway. It's um, yeah, right. Yeah, that's good. Well, and I, I, like, I like what you said, too. Like, he's got to do what's best for the gospel. I mean, in fact, far from throwing him under the bus, he's actually— in a, in a, I mean, it's not like a ridiculous, overt way, but he's kind of talking Apollos up here by actually defending right. his reputation and saying, hey, look, um, Apollos hasn't abandoned you either, right? I mean, because think about that, mm-hmm. how easy it would be to be like, you know, and you know, where is Apollos anyway, right? He goes and gives you this doctrine, and where is he now, right? He didn't really—I mean, like, he right. could have gone there, and I feel like people would very easily go there today. But he's just saying, like, hey, look, it wasn't a good time, but he, he wants to, and he's going to come as soon as he has the chance— I mean, which is implicitly saying, like, you know, yeah, his his love for you guys is genuine, um, he and he's on the same page with us. I mean, this is uh, that Eighth Commandment stuff of uh, speaking well of, of our brothers, mm-hmm. you know, even in the face Absolutely. of, you know, divisions and challenges and all the rest. Sure. And, you know, that kind of, you know, relates to this verse 13, which is such a 13 and 14, where he yeah. gives these— sort of very strong imperatives, sort of, I mean, be watchful, stand firm, act like men, be strong, all very sort of assertive. But then in the very same breath, then he says, and let all that you do be done in love. So for Paul, you know, it's not a contradiction that that you are standing firm, that you're acting like men, that you're being strong, and that you're also acting in love. I mean, the two things go together. I mean, um, you know, we might think, well, you know, he's being all I don't know what you would say, you know, he's being all, um, you know, assertive in the first part, and then the second part he's being soft, but, you know, it's not that the first part is, you know, is somehow um, irresponsible, or that the second part is, is, you know, sort of wishy-washy, they go together, I mean, and and for Paul, being strong and all of that is always done, and is always acted out in in love, and you can see that all through 1 Corinthians, uh, the letter. I I think that's a... 
Yeah, I think um, th that's a good point about, uh, you know, what he says, like, act like men. This is, this is interesting. In Greek, that's just a verb, right? It's just, it's just, right. it's uh, actually, it's, it kind of reminds me of how, um, oh, what, what is it? Uh, adulting, right? Like, uh, this is... <laughs> Right, right, right. I, I, like the, a neologism yeah. among millennials and Gen Z, right? Like we we say, like yeah, oh, I had, to, right. you know, doing lots of adulting lately. I you know I had to go and do some adulting, and, and we say that to, to mean like you know like be, being a grown up, paying the bills, you know, being responsible, right? And it's kind of like actually that he's like adult, um, you, you know, right. and and yeah, he exactly. does, he said the same thing in um First Corinthians thirteen, right, uh, where where he said you know when I became a man. Right. Like same thing. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, when I grew up, when I became an adult, I put aside childish things. So uh, lest anyone go and read this and they say like, you know, like he's saying like, I don't know, you got to be tough guys or like, you know, be manly. I, I mean, which right. he probably wouldn't right. necessarily object to because he uses military metaphors elsewhere. But I, I think the point is he's, he's again like, guys, let's not be childish about this stuff. Let's not make it like me and Apollos are fighting over the ball and only one of us gets it, right? Like, let's share. Right. Let's let, let's be grown-ups. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I think yeah. it's it's very much like this, you know, like you were saying, the attitude of love is, is that's what we mean by spiritual maturity. Um, and and, yeah. and uh, the opposite side, this whole kind of like, well, this is our guy and, you know, oh, that's your guy. And this divisiveness, it, divisiveness is childish. Yes, right. Yes, that's right. That's right. And, you know, I just checked some other translations. It's interesting because you're right. It's the Greek is just a, a word. It's just a verb, which uses uh, Andre, you know, the yeah, some of the translations just say be strong. So it's interesting. Act like men. I mean, but we're not to quibble with the translation, but I, I think the, yeah. the sense that you have it is exactly right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, the the point, like, like, hey, let's 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 be grownups, right? Um, what which right, complements exactly. what he says about let all that you do be done um, in love. Uh, so, right. so I think all that really, really big that he talks about Apollos, but then he talks about a few others here. He, he shifts on to, to verse fifteen here, and so now he talks about um, Stephanus, um, and then in, in verse seventeen he mentions not only again Stephanus but uh, Fortunatus and Achaicus. So, okay, a bunch of a bunch of other names here. So, what's up with these guys? You think? Well, it seems like they here he is as he signs off in the letter. He's I think he's telling the uh, Corinthians, um, you know, whom we've learned throughout the letter are subject to to factions and quarreling and saying, you know, um, he's saying, look, you know, if you if you know need to know who who to follow, who is. You know, I, I don't know if we want to say he's putting his mark of approval on, but I think he's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, be subject to such as these, uh, you know, that these uh, people, um, and he names them, uh, Stephanus, Fortunatus, Achaicus, um, who've, who have uh, come to Paul, uh, perhaps as a delegation from the church, it's, uh, it's hard to know, uh, but he says they've devoted themselves to the service of the saints. There's the love theme, you know, that uh, mm -hmm. even though Paul's saying be subject to them, verse 16, which is you know, an authority word, an authority stance, yeah. and yet uh, you're you're subjecting yourselves to them precisely because, you know, they are they have the spirit of Christ. Uh, they're devoted to Paul and his gospel, and they they're devoted to the service of the saints. They're not in this to puff themselves up. They're not in this for their own authority or to be the head of the church. They're here to 
to serve the church and to serve the saints, and those are precisely the kind of people that ought to be you ought to be subject to. He's saying. So I think as he's closing yeah. the letter, he's kind of saying, you know, here are the here are the people that are worthy of your, uh, yeah. you know, of your um, subjection of your obedience. Yeah, I mean, worthy are, are worthy examples for you, yes, right? Examples. On how you're supposed right. to be doing this Christianity thing, and I think, yeah, I think I think that's that's just right, and. Um, it's I don't I don't know why this is sometimes, but in verse sixteen, uh, there's an emphasized word there, which is you all, um, and it's omitted in the translation. But it's like it's like you too, right? So uh, in verse sixteen, right. uh, you too should be subject to these sorts of people, right? Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, maybe a little bit more correcting than the, the translation, which is just leaving out the words there. But right. um, I think the idea being like you know. It's interesting, right? How he puts it, like you know, they're they're first converts in Achaia, right? Which is another word for Greece, right? So like the kind of mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily the region that they are in, because even though to us we're thinking, oh, this is all Greece, like and Corinth is, uh, I mean, kind of its own uh, thing. But mm-hmm. like to kind of like think of it as like you know the broader region, like hey guys, like you know, you guys aren't even. Uh, first, you know, there's other people over here. I mean, really, right? Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Jerusalem, right. and, and that you know that means that uh, you need to be following their example and not the other way around. And, and he uses that word, you know, be subject. That's the same word he uses, submit, elsewhere, where yep. he talks about wives submitting to their husbands or um, the people in the church submitting to their their teachers, their leaders, right? And so, I mean, the whole church here is supposed to be submitting. Right to to these mm-hmm. other uh, these other Christians, these other leaders, and and so I mean here he is, I think again on the same theme, saying like don't go thinking that you're gonna you know be these trailblazers that lead the way and show us right. all what real Christianity looks like, right? Like what what's real Christianity look at look like again and again and again, like you just said, devoted to the service of the saints. I, I think mm-hmm. right, love again, love and service, right. love and service. Like just look at those guys if they're doing it like that. Well, I think that you guys can get off your high horse and do it like that, too. Right. And being subject isn't a a, a position of weakness. It's not something that's, uh, you know, to be avoided as if somehow it's, you know, beneath us or it's degrading or something. To be subject, you know, as he says when he's talking about husbands and wives in in Ephesians or whatever, um, you know, it's, you know, be subject to one another and also be subject, you know, I mean, this is... This is the Christian way. I mean, these leaders, Stephanus, yeah. have you know, subjected themselves, in a way of speaking, you know, in service, you know, yeah. diaconus, I mean, uh, uh, in, in lowliness and in service. And so we, then you are subject to them. And, and this is not, a, this is not a, 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 some sort of lowering. This is, this is the Christian way. Well, I think that's well said that, you know, and, and um, in some ways it even kind of connects back to the thing about, you know, be grown-ups. You know, this is the word. Mm-hmm. It can be like a military word. I mean, it, it really can kind of mean just, hey, you know, follow the chain of command, right? Like, I mean, let's right. be grownups here. Like, follow orders, right? Like, do do what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do. Uh, I mean, it, right. it doesn't it doesn't mean like you know, like you were saying, it's like a, like a like some kind of like bad or disparaging thing. But it's like, you know, hey, we we can be grownups and and like do what we're supposed to and and like say yes sir and like carry out stuff you know it's a child who says well i don't want to 
you know, like, or, right. you know, oh, that's hard. Right. You know, like I want to be in, I want to be the leader. I, I mean, just think, right. think of every child who said these things and, and cringe yeah. a little bit and think about, <laughs> right. that's not what we want to be like. Um, so yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think it's uh, important that, that he, he mentions those names. Okay. Then, so here's a couple others that maybe these are the last ones we'll talk about. But so then he mentions the churches of Asia. So now he's hopping over to Asia Minor, different region, modern-day Turkey. And he mentions Aquila and Prisca, right? So, um, okay, what, what about what about these guys now? Because, I mean, now now they, they're mentioned uh, in a few places in the New Testament. Sure. Yeah, Priscilla, I mean, Prisca is sometimes the uh, same person as uh, Aquila and Priscilla uh, mentioned in the book of Acts. And... Um, been from Rome. They were in uh, Corinth. They're in Ephesus. I think Paul's writing this letter from Ephesus, which is Asia, Asia Minor, and uh, Aquila and Priscilla are there. They, in fact, had uh, instructed uh, Apollos, um, I think, uh, in, in yeah. the book of Acts. So longtime Christians, I mean, perhaps uh, Christians even before and apart from Paul, uh, whom Paul meets on his missionary journeys, and um, you know, uh, they send their greetings. The church, which meets in their house, sends their greetings. So, uh, you know, they are pillars of the church. You know, um, I think even well known to those in Corinth, even though I mean, uh, have roots, connections to Corinth. So, you know, Paul is, um, you know, mentioning them. Sort of uh, again, this whole greeting section, I think, is. Um, you know, an instrument of, of unity and fellowship in the church where he's, he's, he's sending greetings while it's part of Greek letter writing, I think in, in Paul's, uh, in Paul's letter and in Paul's way of doing things, these greetings, and he says, greet one another with the Holy Christ. Paul greets these greetings all for one another as an instrument of, you know, we are all one, you know, in the faith, we're demonstrating this through the collection and, and we're all, all together in, in the one church. Uh, amen. I mean, it's just all, I mean, really, it's all gospel stuff that says, hey, look, because of the gospel, because of baptism, because of the body of Christ, the resurrected Lord, we're all one with all these people who are yes. all over the world. That's that's, right. that's an amazing gift. That's, that's grace there. A little bit of heaven on earth. Thank you so much, brother. Happy to hear about the things going on in, in your ministry. Very God good. bless. You've been listening uh, to thank you. Strong Word. Everybody, that was Pastor Gregory Alms, uh, now in Maryland. We're moving on to a new book of the Bible. It's First Samuel. It's going to be so cool. It's a great story. Until then, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.